the first step ever podcast and i am ishani nigam your host and producer of the podcast this podcast is made for all the disruptors around the globe who know that they are made for something for that one thing but fear of embarrassment fear of rejection the fear of fear itself holds us back at some point in time but hey those are the only milestones that if we cross we are there to take our first steps so welcome on this journey with me where i interview people from across the globe so that they can share their story their challenges and you know that even you can surpass yours well what are you waiting for let's get started welcome on my first step ever every time we start off an episode i am so blessed and grateful to meet such people who bring with them really different kind of stories and their journey and that's what we kind of uncover on my first step ever going to the different parts of the world and sort of you know kind of finding those amazing stories that can really bring value to you to our listeners to anyone who really want to get that dream going to get that goal going but often there is a lot of noise around us that keeps us from going and doing what we want to and that's why we are here to tell you that it's not going to be a very simple journey it's going to be a very challenging one but if you are with yourself you will definitely reach where you're looking for or make the first move so please join me in welcoming an esteemed guest speaker for today all the way from greater newcastle area from australia sydney australia rachel evans hi rachel welcome on my first step ever hi there ishani thank you so much for having me I am extremely happy to have you over here because I think you have created a niche out of for yourself and you really propagate the 4-day work week and you're doing it so well a lot of us would like to kind of you know get to that point but I know for you to get to the point you have had your share of amazing story your whole hard work and you've made sense of your life to come to the place where you are and not just helping yourself but impacting so many women's life and a lot more other people along your journey so i'll just give a quick peep into who rachel is as i said she believes in a four day work week and she's an expert for it she's a business innovator visionary thought leader the business women's whisper founder as well now she's she believes in everything which is bigger bolder and braver that's what she stands for and that's what she propagates for even other people and she helps in fueling positive change by empowering women and businesses to embrace their ambition so at present she is the founder of the real rachel now we'll come to know a bit more about that and she likes to empower women with the skills and confidence they need to claim and nurture their goals this sounds a very very important aspect of anyone's life that you are kind of tapping into mm-hmm. and kind of you know hand handing over some sort of confidence some tools some skill sets which we really require around the world for us to you know break through that confusion and that agony and frustration or even if we are in a good place we want to go to the next step so thank you so much rachel for doing that she reaches women from all different backgrounds and sectors and she helps them through on one-on-one advising session also group workshops training and she is a excellent speaker that we were going to come to know right now after this so rachel before we get to who you are exactly right now i would kind of trace some steps back into your childhood and i kind of really dig deep over there and ask you 
What was your childhood like? Who were you surrounded with? What kind of mindset were you surrounded with? Well, I think my childhood was just an average, you know, middle class growing up in the 80s. And I was surrounded by two positive parents who, you know, one of which my dad, you know, he was a police, yeah, he was a police officer for most of my growing up. And while that was his career, you know, he always kind of had all these ideas on the side. So, you know, he was a little bit of a dreamer and a little bit of visionary. And I definitely inherited the visionary side of things. And my mum, she ended up having a small business herself. And I think just combining the two, you know, I I was never told, oh, you can't be this or you can't be that. Um, when I was 10 years old, I, I announced that I was going to be an astronaut. So, awesome. <laughs> so mum and dad, you know, facilitated me sending letters to NASA and um, and they would send me parcels back with photos of space and the space shuttles and you know then I was going to be a tennis player so they got behind that yeah I've never been restricted you know with beliefs around what I should be doing I think they understood from a pretty early age that um, I was driven and motivated and I was just going to do it my way no matter what so I was encouraged I think is what I would say yeah, that's actually a very, very great learning over here for a lot of us who are probably, you know, they have like little kids or someone who would like to kind of go into, you know, a parenting phase really soon, you know, how probably you are able to kind of seek support. But I'm really happy to know that you had a blessed upbringing, that kind of support when you get from the very beginning in your formative stage, it really sort of sets you apart in the way, the way you think for yourself and how the kind of confidence it kind of builds in you. And you mentioned that your father was a police officer for the major part of your growing up life, as you mentioned, which is really, really amazing because I think it comes with its own perks, but also, you know, a kind of a little bit of uncertainty as well. It's it's very, very challenging. So I, I would like to kind of understand from this, when you were growing up, you definitely was this really confident person, you know, voicing what you want and you had that support kind of going forward so you kind of change a bit of different careers even while growing up you had your own bit of play when you sort of reached the university you know you were in that zone where we are the most fragile age people can influence us and how was your time around that time were you surrounded by the same kind of people who sort of helped you supported you kind of grow or you did have a little bit of a different situation but you within yourself grew even stronger because of that repulsion. Yeah I was not around a tribe of people at that age that thought like me. I did go to university straight from school but about a year and a half in I got really bored and the degree that I was working <laughs> towards qualified me I suppose to work in a certain type of job and I thought why don't I just go and get this job right now? So I left university and, and went off to do that. And that was in five-star hotels. Sort of worked out about nine months into that, that I didn't want to do that either. So for the, you know, for my early 20s, I really just sort of moved around sampling different jobs. But one thing that I was always really good at was sales. And 
I was also, because I was good at sales, I was also good at helping other people be good at sales or be good at doing their job. So I was often elevated into positions where I'd be a mentor for other team members, teaching them how to do something that, you know, that I'd become good at. So sort of into my mid to late 20s, I was starting to recognise that I probably shouldn't have been an employee. I would start a, a job and I would quickly see the areas of growth in that business and how things, if they were just done a little bit differently, you know, perhaps there'd be more growth. The supervisors or the owner of the business weren't always receptive to that type of feedback. So after, uh, I was actually a mum by this time. And um, after my second child, I just decided that I had to do something for myself. I had to be self-employed. And at the time, my, my second child, my son, was very small and I knew I didn't want him to go to daycare all the time, but I wanted to still be able to start my own business. And I actually went in uh, and got myself qualified as a personal trainer and a group fitness instructor and started an outdoor fitness business. So it was probably very left of field from, you know, the sort of corporate roles that I'd had before, but Really, being a personal trainer, working one-on-one with people, getting them to move their bodies and do things that they didn't necessarily want to do or think they could do, is where I learned about human behaviour and how to motivate someone to push beyond their comfort zone and, you know, do things that they didn't think were possible for them. So it was actually a huge learning curve and a massive education and It really was the launch pad for all of my businesses since then, uh, which have all been in some kind of coaching or personal development uh, or mentoring. Wow, this is a kind of a wide, wide range of, you know, experiments of Rachel's life, I would say. Mm. And, and, And it looks really interesting that how you were so quick to understand that what works for you and what doesn't work for you and you just just don't stop there you take action you know Mm. what's next that's I think one of the biggest learning for anyone who's listening to us today that if you are in the similar situation and I think we have had this conversation a couple of times on the podcast but this is how you know kind of the life really looks like when you're stuck at a situation or you take an action I think your journey is unfolded very beautifully from one point to another and you've also accepted different areas or industries that might be different from or or somewhere similar to what you really want which was like sales which is more kind of you know interacting with people and while you were in the fitness industry that as you mentioned it sort of all built more deeper on the human level for you but I like to kind of quickly trace back to a few steps where you mentioned that you knew that you were good at sales. Now, if for anyone who's listening to us, uh, we generally know that what we are good at. But if you're able to sort of give us that first, if you remember your first sale ever that you made, that you felt, whoa, I'm so good at this. What was that moment for you? I think my first real sales job was actually a door-to-door sales job. I was selling KTV, cable TV. Wow. And 
if you want to cut your teeth in sales, go and knock on people's doors and sell them something from their front doormat. When somebody opens their door, you don't know what you are actually, you know, what they're opening their door and revealing. You know, they could be in the middle of an argument with their partner. They could be lonely. They Someone could have just died. They could have had a bad day at work. You very quickly have to adapt to the situation that you are presented with. And the first time I, you know, sold a, a pay TV contract, I was like, wow. Like, first of all, I just made myself 300 bucks. And second of all, um, that wasn't as hard as what I thought it would be. Now, you know, it was back in the days when um, pay TV was brand new to Australia. So it was quite a sexy thing to sell. But, (laughs) um, you know, once again, it helped me hone my craft because you need to be able to think quickly in a sales situation and you need to, uh, you know, be able to overcome objections quickly. And, you know, what are you doing here? I didn't ask you to come here. And, you know, you need to be able to talk someone down from that. Um, Sometimes you won't be able to, but on the times that you can, it's incredibly rewarding. So I probably got, um, you know, a bit of an adrenaline rush. It became almost like a sport, you know, and really it was the foundation of my entire career up to today because in essence, you know, I'm still somewhat of a salesperson, even though I would more define myself as a coach. But, you know, I have to be able to sell my brand of coaching. So. Uh, great sales skills never leave you. That's lovely. And thank you so much for sharing that, you know, a piece of your amazing journey of where everything started off from. And I think being on the other end, kind of going up as a customer service person or a salesperson to people face to face, it is extremely scary because you have to face every situation that they are in. And as you rightly mentioned, this is a really, really challenging you know, kind of industry to sort of begin with. Uh, but as you start off kind of doing it and not give up on, you know, the the failures that you have along the life, that really helps you be where you are. And I think this is a pattern that I have seen so far that you have never really given up. You've always gone to the next thing of things that have been okay for you. What's the better thing? What are improved? So that is so amazing. So as you just mentioned a bit about now, you define yourself more of a coach. And mm-hmm. we left your story where you were in the fitness business. You had started kind of understanding people on one-on-one. So we want to know what happened from there, Rachel. So not long after I started my fitness business, my ex-husband decided he'd go into business for himself in the auto repair industry. So he was a motor mechanic and uh, he wanted his own business. So we ended up purchasing fixed premises, a workshop. And it, as it turned out, that required far more of me than we had anticipated. And I ended up closing my fitness business to be able to devote uh, my attention to getting this workshop up and running. At the time, we just had our third child. She was just a baby. And uh, this time, unfortunately, she did have to go to daycare so that I could, uh, you know, be around the workshop at least during school hours, five days a week. But that business, I grew, you know, within 18 months from turning over next to nothing to turning over just under a million dollars. And what... Uh, the way that 
that was done, obviously through great workmanship, um, you know, of, of doing a great job by my ex-husband fixing cars. But what I'd done on the operating side was a mixture of, you know, skills that I'd learned through my various um, corporate type jobs, my sales skills, and my ability to train uh, other people. So once, you know, other workshops started to notice that, you know, we were carving out a fairly nice slice of the local market, others started asking me if I could share with them what we'd done. So I, my first first thought was, well, where are the coaches? You know, in all the other industries that I'd worked in, there were specific coaches, there's a thousand coaches in the fitness industry helping other uh, fitness professionals grow their businesses. Where are they in the automotive industry? And I couldn't find any. So from my fitness business, I had already learned how to put a program online and to get people to that program. So I thought, well, I could do the same thing here, just really just um, recording what we'd done to be successful. And if I put it online, I could help uh, auto repair shops all around Australia and probably New Zealand as well. I suspected, you know, that things ran very similarly. Yeah. So what I did was I wrote module one and module two of an eight-week program. I hired a coach to help me refine that eight-week program and to also show me how to run ads on Facebook. And at the end of um, sort of working with that coach, um, I was ready to launch. And this is where the not giving up part uh, really comes into play because it actually took me four launches to get my first four clients. They all came on the fourth attempt at, um, you know, starting this eight-week program. This is incredible. So that was, I incorporated the company on the 1st of July, 2014, and my first clients I got in the October. So it once I had four people in, I thought, right, I better write the rest of this program. So I literally wrote the program one week ahead of where they were because uh, I did know early on no point writing all eight weeks if no one's ever going to do it. And that program called Auto Superstars Academy became, you know, the flagship for um, that automotive-specific um, coaching business, which is called the Workshop Whisperer, for five years. Hundreds and hundreds of workshop owners went through uh, that program. And you know, my offering evolved over time, the business evolved over time, I started to hire some team. And today, uh, that is a multi seven figure coaching business, you know, that employs, uh, I think we're at about 12 people uh, today, uh, and is largely run by our general manager. So I'm, I'm the CEO, and uh, we have a great leadership structure inside that business that allows me to, you know, do the three things that a CEO should be doing, which is to provide the vision uh, for the business, to have overall responsibility for um, the liquidity of the business, so making sure the money's there uh, for everything to be paid, and also having overall responsibility for the team. So, you know, if someone significant left, you know, 
the CEO would be in there to ensure that um, that position is filled. So that's my role at the Workshop Whisperer and that actually allows me the time to um, step into the real Rachel, the businesswoman's whisperer, and help women who um, might find themselves, um, you know, at the same stage as where I've been in my life, really wanting to bring their own thing to life, but just needing some guidance to do that. And I couldn't always find that guidance in another woman, you know, who had, you know, just trodden the path before me. So um, I very much take it as a serious responsibility to be that woman uh, for other women. Okay, I think I have some really great takeaways from this journey. And first of all, thank you so much, Rachel, for sharing this in such great depth and detail because we can see how challenging it is to get something started, to get to your first four clients. I mean, what if you've, you're already given up for the second attempt? Mm. Usually people go for three attempts. And if that's not done, they feel like it's done. Yeah. But you did not stop there. And it's definitely kudos to a lot of people who have been in that, you know, for the journey from the very beginning to make it what it is today but i think what determination that you brought to it was amazing this is the greatest takeaway for me for a lot of people listening to us today if you really really kind of believe in something keep on trying maybe iterate maybe experiment with different aspects of it maybe something did not fit right at the very beginning or maybe the market was not ready maybe the people are not aware there could be a lot of things and thank you so much rachel it's, it's just i'm so happy that we have a really incredible uh, journey that we could you know see through your eyes today and how the real rachel kind of was born and you are really doing an amazing job over there because yes we need people who can instill confidence in other people by showing them that how it's done i really believe in you lead by example and you're really kind of doing that so thank you it was such an amazing uh, session with you today to chat with you to have a little bit of time from your amazing journey and the business that you've grown to seven figures that is amazing and i wish you more luck and that you do many more and impact many people before we take your leave i do like to ask you something because you've reached a point in your life where i'm sure you've had a lot of ups and downs to reach where you are it's not easy what are the top three learnings that you can give out to our listeners today on failure on failure nothing is actually failure unless you put it down uh, when you could have continued on and reached success. So there are setbacks, but there's only failure, you know, if, if you actually give up. I think that you can stay away from failure by only listening to people who have the results that you want. So that's really, really important because there are lots and lots of opinions out there, but you don't have to listen to them if they're not coming from people. You know, if you want a seven-figure business, take advice from people that have multi-seven-figure businesses, not the people who are employees, okay? And a third thing about failure, don't play so small that you never try. Oh, lovely. So... There are people that won't want you to succeed, people that, you know, you scare with your ideas and your dreams. Again, don't listen to those people. If you have a vision and it stays with you, it's because you are meant to follow it through. 
Oh, wow. What truth bombs over there and so accurate, so crisp. And they really mean a lot for anyone who really has that, you know, dream, a goal in their heart. Uh, I know that you know what Rachel is talking about. So do not just give up yet. There, there are always ways. And what I think one of the, the three learnings that you've just mentioned, one of them is so accurate that learn from the people who have already done that. So always invest your time in the right place with the right people and surround yourself with the right people and fill your mind and heart with the right things that, that always propel you to go forward. So thank you so much for Rachel for being on my first step ever. Uh, before we say bye to you, I like to kind of ask you quickly, what's your favorite quote or a saying that you would like to leave our listeners with? Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me. And uh, I strongly encourage you, if you're listening, to give your thing a go. Uh, if you don't feel like you're in a financial position to do it, that's okay. But don't let go of the dream. Continue to write down your ideas, journal them out, make sure you're hanging around in a tribe of people that are supportive and that are going places. And one day you'll get there. Lovely. That's the most practical advice that I think I've heard so far. It covers everyone who can do it financially and who are yet not there, but holding on to that dream is very important and take actions. Thank you so much, Rachel, for being on my first step ever. It was so amazing to have Rachel on the show today. And I think I'm so blessed that we have someone like Rachel who could actually take us through her story, the very minute details, which is very important for us to share with people to know that wherever they're in life, there's always a next step that you can take, but you need to take that step. So thank you for being on my first step ever. And as always say, start believing in yourself and keep believing in yourself. If you're still glued together on this episode, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And if you really want to hear more such stories from around the globe, then subscribe to my First Step Ever podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google and Spotify, whichever platform you prefer. Please do give ratings and please do write your comments and you can directly reach out to me on my first step ever underscore IN. That's my Instagram handle. A little about myself. I have always loved performing on stage, acting, speaking, and just emoting myself. So I use these mediums different ways so that I can connect with people, help them, empower them, infotain them, which is to inform them and entertain them. If you would like to collaborate for any opportunities, more than welcome to connect with me on my Instagram handle. Thank you.